Hello, listeners. We are glad that you're back with us for another episode of the Oklahoma Today podcast. This week, we are talking to the folks at the Discovery Lab in Tulsa about some of the fun that they have planned for this summer. But first, it's our question of the week. Since this episode is coming out on Memorial Day, we thought we would ask the staff about some of the veterans in their lives. Uh, First up, Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. Uh, My grandpa served in the Pacific in World War II, um, famously jumped off a ship to save a drowning person. That's kind of a cool story. Uh, He's not with us anymore, but I... um, my nephew Eric is uh, he he's a former United States Marine served in Afghanistan and I am very 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 proud of him so All right. yeah those are the veterans in my life how about you Carly Carly uh, Barra managing editor <laughs> I also have two my grandpa served briefly during the Korean conflict um, he actually signed up before he was 18 and my he grandpa was, did that too uh-huh, yeah. he was in for a little while and then they figured out that he was not 18 and they kicked him out um, he but, was 12 right uh, yeah. yeah no I think he was like 16 or something. Um, but then uh, my husband, Philip, uh, was in the Oklahoma National Guard for like nine years. Uh, he went down to New Orleans after Katrina and was down there for a few months helping clean up. And then um, he also went to Iraq for like a year whenever yep. I was 18 years old and it was very difficult wow. for us. And but... you look at you living happily ever after now. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Love it. Indeed. All right. Photo writer Megan Rossman. Um, my brother is a veteran. He sailed around in the ocean <laughs> with the navy i assume with the space force oh, the, the, wait the, was he on the seven seas perhaps he he, uh, he went on a cruise of the west pacific and it's considered a conflict zone some of the areas that they went into and so therefore he is considered a veteran they were very close to firing tomahawks at osama bin laden wow uh, and that was i believe in 1998 and they didn't huh. um so that, you know, kind of would have changed the course of history, perhaps, yeah. if they had. But, yeah, he's the veteran I know. There are a lot of veterans in my family, but I they are passed away. <laughs> so he is the remaining veteran. <laughs> All right. Uh, research editor Ben Lucian. Uh, my grandfather, uh, Papa, as we refer to him, in uh, Tulsa. He served in the Korean War. Uh, turned 90 this year. Mm. Very interesting fellow. Uh, big white beard, uh, a diamond stud earring in one ear, urban beekeeper. Um, wow. A far, uh, just has all sorts of farm stories growing Future up on the farm podcast that he's talking guest. about. Yeah. Wow, no kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. Very, yeah. very cool guy. Guy. I Sounds love I like. love Papa. That's awesome. And he's still he's still with us. Oh yeah, still cool. with us. Cool. Uh, as as cool and uh, active as ever. What's up, Papa? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Greg? Uh, well, my dad uh, served in Vietnam uh, in the army and uh, and briefly ran the um, uh, firing range at West Point. Oh wow! Apparently. That was one of his jobs. And then my sister-in-law uh, was in the Air Force and um, uh, was training in some language uh, capabilities and ended up uh, – she was stationed in Korea uh, for a little while. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, that's – That's cool. Uh, and and I, I hate – I mean, I feel like there's – 
so many, much like Megan, it's like, yeah, I, I a bunch of veterans. You know, I, ever I, since ever I, since I've been listening, to you guys, I should I've probably like know my, their stories better. Yeah, um, thank you to all of our veterans and happy Memorial Day to you. Yeah, um, we're recording this podcast early, so we haven't had a chance to hear from you on social media about yours, but we can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, please do uh, check out. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of great answers online, and we will be so. looking through them too. Oh, hey, I just wanted to mention Philip, my husband, now works for the veterans. Um, administration hospital in Oklahoma City. So if you ever need anything from there, you might see Philip. There you go. If he ever leaves the job at the VA, will that make him a A veteran veteran? veteran? Yes. Okay, cool. Good stuff. (laughs) Well, there was... I, I was about to say that was my dumb joke for the day, but uh, we know that there's more coming. Uh, speaking of <laughs> dumb jokes that I'll be telling, let's talk to the folks at the Discovery Lab. And now we are very happy to welcome in Kelsey Hildebrand, who is the Learning Experience Manager at the Discovery Lab in Tulsa. Welcome, Kelsey. Wow, thank you for having me. It's so nice to be here. Absolutely. So um, for uh, for any of our listeners who have not heard about it yet, tell us about the Discovery Lab uh, in Tulsa and and uh, what you guys do. Uh, awesome. So um, full disclosure, I've been here since November um, and you'll find out why I'm here in just a second. So the Discovery Lab started in Tulsa. Um, it's been around for over 10 years um, in some capacity. So when our organization began, it began as a museum without walls, which is a really fun way of saying that we did all outreach. So we didn't have a physical building. Um, We just made sure that we brought really cool stuff into the classroom. Um, And then shortly after that, um, the space at Owen Park was opened and that gave um, gave Discovery Lab a place to see uh, what Tulsa needed and what Tulsa wanted and how kids really learn through play. That's the Discovery Lab's um, kind of cornerstone. That's what we're founded on is this concept that kids learn while they're playing. Um, and so Owen Park was um, open from what I understand. A space like this one was already it was already back there. It was churning. It was a thought. Um, having a bespoke location that exists and serves our needs and the the really cool and amazing things we wanted to do was already kind of churning. But Owen Park was open for quite a while. Um, and then they uh, made the announcement that uh, the gathering place was going to be a really cool place in Tulsa and the gathering place opened and it's amazing and wonderful in the number one park in the country. And then shortly after they began building the new discovery lab adjacent to the gathering place. So um, we are next door, we are neighbors, um, but we are two separate uh, nonprofit organizations. And um, so they started building this building and then um, now we have this really cool space that is, um, I think it's like 56,000 square feet, something like that, of usable exhibit space. And um, so we have, um, we used to have one classroom. So that one classroom was used for uh, camps, uh, field trips, any and everything. And one really awesome room where awesome things happened. And now we have five classrooms. So we've um, five times the amount of kids we can have in at any given time experiencing a field trip. And so this move, in addition to this really incredible exhibit space that have you been here yet? I've not. Uh, Carly, uh, our managing editor, was able, uh, I believe she spoke with you and she wrote the story for it. No, I have 
I have two kids of my own who uh, would love to go there as soon as their dad stops being lazy. Uh, so uh, that's, that's, that's well, the truth. When you come, uh, a lot of people walk through the door and their eyes get really big. Um, children and adults alike, because the exhibit space is so fun. And um, so all that being said, that's where we are now. So we've been open since January in the new space. Um, and I mentioned that I've only been here since November because um, a move like that is a lot of growth. And so there's lots of new things going on downstairs that weren't here before. And that's where um, myself and many other new employees come in. So um, children's museums are, um, are, are we have a few around the state and they are um, really wonderful. And I think a lot of people kind of approach it the same way you guys do that, that kids learn to work through playing. Um, and uh, that to me has always been such an amazing, like watching that click in a kid's head that it's like, I could basically continue playing for the rest of my life. If I choose this job, that, that I'm learning about that's so interesting and so much fun. Um, and, and I think you guys do a huge amount of work really helping kids find their, their dreams, their future paths, uh, which is, um, I, as a, as a, again, as a parent, that's something I'm always like talking to my kids and it's like, you know, I, I don't, it's not every day. What do you want to be when you grow up? But it's, it's, you know, what are you interested in that isn't just this video of a Minecraft walkthrough, um, yeah, you know, uh, and, and that's one of the reasons why uh, Discovery Lab and Science Museum Oklahoma and uh, the Jasmine Marin Museum uh, across the state are all so near and dear, I think, to, uh, to the folks at Oklahoma today and, and really to people across the state. Yeah, um, I think that what's really cool about um, our space and watching children learn through play is actually something that you mentioned just a little bit is watching the parents see their children learn through play. Yeah. There's a lot of things that kids do inherently like repetition or um, other really um, younger. I spend a lot of time with our younger for an under group here, especially, but there are ways that they learn that don't look the same as what we think um, it should look. And so um, watching the parents and the children experience that together is my favorite part about informal education. And my favorite part about working in a museum like this is getting yeah. to really um, help everybody understand that like adults can learn through play too. Yeah. And that, um, that we, uh, we are making a difference, hopefully, in not just this one experience, but in the way that they approach learning. Yeah. And now that uh, school is letting out uh, across the state, I assume you guys are uh, are looking forward to um, an even busier time. But but from everything uh, Carly had said, and, and if you haven't yet, folks, please do pick up the most recent issue. We've got a great story about Discovery Lab in there, and and it it truly sounds like it is just nonstop fun. I mean, uh, you guys are packed and, uh, and lots and lots of kids running around. And so, um, what, but what do you guys have uh, planned this summer? So we will be busy this summer. Um, fingers crossed spring break was, uh, was a blast. Uh, we had people in 
all the time. And so I think the summer will be similar in a really great way. And uh, we have camps. So almost any time that uh, school is not in session, those classrooms that I mentioned uh, will have campers in them. So we've got 10 weeks of summer camps. They start June 6th um, and they'll wrap up the second week of August. Um, and we offer them for four different age groups. So we have a pre-K and K option. That is a half day camp um, because uh, pre-K and K, we give them half a day. Yeah, and that's, then, that's about as long as they can concentrate on anything, I would bet. That and then you still have the the nap time thing. And um, so we we do a half day with them and that's so fun. And then we have a first and second grade, third, fourth, fifth and sixth classroom. And I say classroom. That's a very loose interpretation of the concept of class. This is not a sit at your desk all day and and be lectured to. it's all hands-on learning. They'll get to spend time on the museum floor. We go outside. It's all built in. Um, and we have all these different topics. Um, you can go to our website and you can see them all listed out. Um, there isn't any, so we have kind of, we have 40 different camps. There isn't a lot of like, well, we're doing one week where all four look the same. Uh, we, yeah. we are all going to look different. Um, but some of the themes that kind of work their way through them is we have quite a few camps that are centered around insects um, and bugs. We have a lot of people that work here that are really passionate about bugs and wildlife. And so we're really tapping into that as an organization. And our proximity to the Crow Creek and Arkansas River give us an opportunity to talk about water. So we have quite a few camps talking about water and not just the biology of water, but um, engineering around water. Um, How do we use water? What is important about using water? And really delving into some of those engineering and creating concepts. Um, And then we also have quite a few camps that are, that kind of put the A in STEAM. that uh, center around things like the concepts of color or making a movie from start to finish. What does it mean to write a story and develop the story and then turn that into a stop motion picture? Um, And uh, then you get into animation and, and just all of those kinds of the, there's the A in steam, but the, the rest of the letters are still in there we just kind of lean more in one way or the other so um those ones i'm particularly really excited about i think that's going to be a lot of fun because they culminate this this idea of a project like they there's a finished product at the end um so and i'm trying to think if there are um others that i'm missing um i'm sure there there's 40 and i mentioned like sure Um, so yeah, so we have, uh, and we work in partnerships with people all over the city, um, when we deliver these camps. So there's lots of opportunities for kids and visitors to meet, um, meet other people who are doing really cool stuff in steam around Tulsa. Yeah. And so we're really excited about the summer camps. Um, I mentioned that the pre-K and K is from, nine to 12, um, all of the others are from nine to four and before and after care is available and lunch is provided. So oh, wonderful. try to make it as easy as yeah. possible. Just I think there's it. probably a lot of parents who just breathed a huge sigh of relief and are probably heading to discoverylab.org uh, right now to, to sign up. Um, I hope so. I will give you a fair warning that we do already have some that are sold out. So oh, I don't doubt it. Interested don't doubt it at all. in but, um, your child um, attending a camp. Yeah. 
But and even if your kid can't get into the, the summer camps, uh, the, the museum's still open for visitors. And so even make a day trip up there. There's so much yeah. to do. We will still be open. We'll still be doing really cool things um, that won't stop. It will, uh, if anything, it'll be better. Um, we're hoping to get the amphitheater up and running and start doing some really big science outside the summer <laughs> uh, and really kind of take advantage of the warmth and the ability to, uh, to take up space with yeah. the experiments and the demonstrations that we do. That's, you know, um, there's a scale uh, of fun, uh, I, I think, especially with, with kids. And I've noticed this when you go into, like, if I take my kids to the playground and there's one other kid there, maybe they'll play with that kid or maybe they won't. Um, and, 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 you know, and things sort of wrap up kind of more quickly. It's like, okay, well, we're done. Uh, but when you go into a place and there are tons of kids running around, it's like, their eyes are going back and forth. They can't figure out where they want to go first. And they're every single time I've never walked out of a children's museum with my kids without my daughter having a brand new best friend uh, <laughs> who we really should schedule a play date and maybe a sleepover. Um, and I'm like, do you know what her last name was? And of course not, uh, or any means of contact, but still the best of friends lifelong, I'm sure. Um, and so in the summers, you guys, are, there's so much cool stuff there. And there's so, so many kids coming in, so many families. It's, it's almost a surefire way to just walk in and be like, and, and know, hey, my kid's going to have a really good time. Uh, and then beyond that, also know that, that you're not, this isn't just shoving a tablet in front of a kid or turning on a streaming service or, you know, or as my parents would do, close the closet door with a flashlight and a book inside and Greg, do what I told you. Uh, but no, I, I was not Harry Potter. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it really is great that we have organizations like Discovery Lab that that are big enough to bring in these kids and, and, and can do the scale of like the outdoor science that you're talking about, because like, science can be messy. And that's some of the, that's so much of the fun, <laughs> especially mm -hmm. for kids and getting to see something truly impressive. I think that can kind of flip the switch in a lot of kids' brains that it's like, this is something I could do. I could do this. I could be a scientist. Uh, I could be an artist. I could be an engineer, you know? It's what's important to me is so when they like when they walk into the science lab, uh, I call them scientists from the get go. So I want I, what I selfishly um, as someone who who works here, uh, I want them to feel like they're already a scientist. They're already an engineer because we all are in a sense. Uh -huh. um, and I love that you mentioned that your daughter always makes friends because we actually have a whole section of the museum that we refer to as collaboration because the, um, the activities or the things that they're engaging with in those spaces are designed to be collaborative in nature so that you have that kind of cross communication and those opportunities for them to make those friends. Um, and, you know, if you think about it from the, the, the back end, develop some of those like soft skills, like communication and, yeah. and working with people that aren't from your family or from your circle and, and really, um, like, and we have the collaboration section, but we also have like 
Ballapalooza, which is just a room where you get to like shoot balls in all these different ways, slingshots, vacuums, everything. And (laughs) that invites collaboration. And who doesn't love sliding down a big slide made of tape? Um, I haven't told, that's always a big reveal that we have uh, slides that are entirely made of packing tape here, slides and tunnels um, that came over from Owen Park because they were so popular that that we had to make them bigger and better here. Um, (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, that happens all over. And we actually have quite a few people who we already recognize on a regular basis that um, are making friends with each other and making friends with us. And we've only been in this location since January. I know. I mean, (laughs) uh, that's, uh, and and having read Carly's story, um, that was one thing that really came through is that Discovery Lab hit the ground running. And obviously there was a history there. And I'm sure there were plenty of people who were just chomping at the bit, uh, waiting, to, <laughs> waiting for you guys to open, but to have this kind of deluge of interest, um, and, and almost immediate affection has got to be, uh, really gratifying, uh, to, to you guys, um, and, and, and very affirming of your mission. Well, and you know, what's really cool is like I mentioned, I haven't been here very long, but the, the founders um, are still here and very present. And Ray Vandiver, our executive director, is the original executive director of the Discovery Lab. And so um, I, I really enjoy seeing them see their dream realized in this sense that they, they saw a need in this community in Tulsa. Um, they said there isn't a science museum here and there should be. Yeah. Um, and they started off by going into schools and now look at where we are. Um, and that uh, the, the work that they did, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed and it um, their work they're still doing and the things that we're still doing. Um, I think that we had a, we experienced a, big growing spurt when we moved into this space, but I don't think we're done by any yeah. means growing and, and really finding where we fit in the community and what we can continue to do to have just everybody in Tulsa walk through those doors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the, and, and Tulsa, obviously uh, one of my favorite cities, I think a lot of people in Oklahoma feel the same way because um interaction and art is kind of baked into the product. I mean, uh, there's AHA Tulsa as well. Um, you know, the sprawling grounds of, uh, both, uh, the Gilcrease, uh, museum and, uh, and the Philbrook, um, and, and, and with gathering place and now discovery lab right next to it, it really does feel like you guys are experiencing a kind of a Renaissance again. Um, uh, and especially, uh, centered around um, arts and and families and fun, um, you know it's it's just it's one more reason that I never have a problem sending people to Tulsa. You know, I mean, you want really great food, it's there. Uh, you want really great entertainment, it's there. You're trying to find something to do with your kids, it's absolutely there. Um, and and I think it, it, is there. Do you find that you guys kind of feed off of some of that energy, some of the um, uh, looking at the stuff that's coming out of the gathering place and looking at some of the other stuff that's happening in the city? It, it, 
Um, I just wonder if if you've noticed kind of that same energy or or even people who say, oh, yeah, I was over here and they sent they said you should go over to the discovery lab. Uh, so I will start off by saying that the gathering place has been an incredible um, like when we opened, they put up signs everywhere that said, welcome to our new neighbors, go see them at the discovery lab. And, That's great. Um, and we, uh, you know, sometimes we'll put up, we'll put up signs here for them and their activities like over spring break and they'll do the same for us. And so I think that there's definitely a lot of opportunity, um, for being, we share a parking lot, yeah. um, like for us to, to really, work off of the popularity of both spaces. Um, but then um, I will say that I grew up in Tulsa. I uh, went to Union High School. So um, I have definitely noticed a shift in the way, in, in the arts and culture industry here in particular. It's um, much more lively than I feel like it was when I was younger. And granted, I was younger, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who knows how I actually like engaged with the world, but. I just know that um, it feels um, like a really fun time to be here mm -hmm. um, for everybody. Like, I think that um, I love the Gilcrease and, uh, well, the, the Gilcrease that's now a really cool, soon to be new building of its own yeah. um, and uh, Philbrook. And I think that uh, it's really important that we tap into those and get those get those rolling because it'll be it'll be so fun like i don't know fun is, no, I, fun is I, a word I, we throw around here a lot because this is a this is a fun place to be it's a fun place to work and um that that's that's kind of what we're going for absolutely well uh folks if you would like to have some of your own fun uh you should absolutely head to tulsa to the discovery lab uh the website is discoverylab.org um, there are uh, summer camps, but uh, be aware they are they're filling up fast. And but even I if have you can't a wait get in, list, <laughs> give me a give me shoot me an email. We can always figure something out. We can yeah. we will have fun here this summer together. But you know, it, it just sounds like uh, a really great time. And Kelsey, thank you so much for for coming on and talking to us more about Discovery Lab. And hopefully, uh, when you guys have some other stuff uh, coming up later this year, maybe we can have you back and we can talk some more. Of course, I'd love it. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. It is now time for us to once again plumb the depths of TravelOK.com's calendars for our weekly pod events. And first up this week is Nathan. I was watching Megan <laughs> do her thing over there, whatever she was doing. I had some tea on my desk and Megan was smelling it. And I think Wait, it is, almost got the best of her. Is this and why, I was laughing. Is this why you insist burping? on videoing the podcast? This is why I want us to be a video podcast because <laughs> we're just so hilarious with <laughs> the things that we don't say. Um, I have a good event this week, Greg. Thank you for this one because yeah. I really had a fun um, but it starts, I need to pull the group actually. So I would like to know uh, your answer to this question. Who is your biggest bucket list music artist that you still have yet to see in concert but want to? Like, Prince. it has to be someone alive. No, it has to be someone alive, someone you actually have a chance of seeing. Arcade Fire. Arcade Fire, Carly. Elvis. El Megan. He's dead. Help. <laughs> Uh, Jack White. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, He's good. coming to Tulsa. What about you, Ben? I'd have to say uh, Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Uh, you lost your chance. My first, my first musical uh, love, Phil Collins. They, you just, they just played their last show ever. Uh, Genesis, you mean? Yes, Genesis yeah. just played their last show yeah. ever. I had a friend who was actually at that concert. It was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's too bad. Well, it was specific to Phil Collins. Someone, the rest of Genesis. The rest uh, of Genesis, not so much, but he's not touring. So, yeah, <laughs> someone who you actually might have a chance to see. That's true. Oh, 
Well, yeah. I mean, I think there will still be a Phil Collins show in the future. He's you not think? dead. Right, but he literally can't stand. He, he can't? can't? No. What's like, wrong with he him? He did that whole tour in a chair. Like, he's done. Like, I had no yeah, idea. I didn't either. <laughs> I'm so sorry to bring this disappointing news to bear on the group, but yeah, wow. Phil Collins will not be will not be performing live uh, I, any well, longer. If I had a tour, I would sit in a chair as well. And it's not like a it's not like a share Elton John thing where they've been on their farewell tour for like literally more than half their careers. Like it's a real <laughs> it's a real thing. Oh, that's too yeah. Bad. I know it is too wow. bad. I know because that's that would have been that would have been one high on mine too. Would be to see Phil Collins and or Genesis. But yeah. not if he's sitting in a chair. Not well. I know it's nothing against him sitting in a chair. I'm just saying it's not gonna happen. And literally. I feel like this whole part of the podcast can just be. I'm literally too bummed (laughs) out to give any other answer. (laughs) This has gone on way too long. Okay, Greg, what's yours? Uh, Weird Alfred Yankovic. Have you not seen Weird Al? I, I mean, I've seen concert videos, but I've never gotten to see him live. Oh, he's great live. I, I know, oh. and uh, and I've he was the that was the very first album I ever bought was uh, was even worse by really? Weird Al Yankovic. I saw him yeah. in my neighborhood at Northwest Class in High School several he, years ago. It was a really was good at show. Zoo Amp. Yeah, like uh, a couple years ago. Well, wait, was he just walking? Speaking of the Zoo Amp, <laughs> that's what all this has been building to. All right, so you guys, that's all really good answers, actually. Um, but, uh, so until recently, uh, my the answer that I would have given without even having something to think about it would have been Willie Nelson. Uh, but luckily, I got to see him last August in Dallas, and I'm very happy to report that the redheaded stranger is as strong with the country music force as ever. Yes, your blue eyes will be crying in the rain, and this concert will remain always on your mind with songs like Poncho and Lefty, Seven Spanish Angels, Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys, Whiskey River, and Cowboys Are Frequently Secretly Fond of Each Other to name just a few bangers throughout the decades. So, fellas, grab your good-hearted woman and get on the road again to the Zoo Amphitheater in Oklahoma City for a one-night, can't-miss musical event, Willie Nelson and Family in Concert. Call 1-800-514-3849 or visit thezooamphitheater.com for tickets. And I forgot to say when that show is, and it is on Wednesday, June 1st. All right. Yeah, so you don't have much time, actually, because this is airing on May 30th, so get those tickets now. <laughs> you get the whole seat, but you'll only need the you edge. Ticket uh, pays for the whole seat. You'll only need the edge. That's right. Carly. And the back part when you lean back. <laughs> Carly, what's your event this week? Uh, so people are always telling me to put the pedal to the metal, to test my metal, or that they could have gotten away with it if it weren't for us meddling kids, <laughs> usually while wearing the bottom half of a spooky costume. Okay, so that last one might be from a Scooby dream, Scooby-Doo dream I had the other night. Uh, but metal, in all its homophonic forms, seems to be pretty important. In fact, McAllister has an entire event dedicated to it. The Red Dirt Treasure Shootout Metal Detecting Festival is all about finding those elusive ores. In fact, if you participate in Saturday's competition, you can win $10,000 in gold coins. Whoa! Yeah, but worry not if you don't have a detector of your own. Visitors to the Southeast Expo Center between June 3rd and 5th will still have plenty to do. There's a parade, car show... Wild West shootout, a Civil War reenactment for some reason, and a chili cook-off. So whether you take home actual treasure or just treasured memories, everyone leaves a little richer. Tickets are 20 to $350. Oh. <laughs> it's a big range. It's quite a range. <laughs> Call 405-764-3859 for more info. Wow. That I mean, like I want to know what that $350 ticket gets you. I'm pretty I sure it's a lot of participation fun. in the, um, the $10,000 winning uh, gold. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I want to see the Civil War reenactment. Kinda, yeah. And then go to the chili cook-off. Because, <laughs> you know, those two things always go together. Yeah, totally. 
totally. I, honestly, they they should be happening concurrently. <laughs> yeah. Like, like why would you? North versus South chili cook-off. That's how they should have settled the original Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> the chili cook-off. Chili duel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Megan, what's your event this week? Well... There are a lot of things you can't do on an Oklahoma River cruise. You cannot smoke, vape, jump off the ship, swim alongside it, or bring your guns and weapons or food. This is all outlined in their rules. But if you have an hour and a half and 20 bucks to spare, you can set sail on the magnificent Oklahoma River just south of downtown Oklahoma City, sip a cocktail, and watch the sunset. Most importantly, do the boats have air conditioning and bathrooms? Yes, they do. There will also be snacks and non-alcoholic beverages available in addition to the booze. So if you want to figure out where you board this ship to a better night, visit okrivercruises.com. I've never been on one of those. I've always wanted to go. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Yeah. Although I am a little disappointed that I can't swim alongside them. I know. That was kind of, that was half the reason. <laughs> that, that, was my, that, was my, that was my deal breaker. <laughs> I bet if you bought that, I bet that $350 ticket would let you swim alongside a, I think to the be, other event. It would, would be very romantic. A river cruise. If, your, if your partner swam alongside the boat. Yes. <laughs> or if, we don't encourage if swimming alongside the and, boat. You know. We actually here at Oklahoma today generally encourage following the rules of trips oh, when you go on the yeah. boat. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Uh, what do you all have, fellas? All right, Ben, what's your event? As you all surely know, if you give a mouse some wine, he'll ask you to play some jazz. And if you give a mouse some jazz, he'll ask for the world. And if a mouse has wine, jazz, and the world, that must be a Tulsa mouse, because the only place to find all three is at Tulsa's Wine, Jazz, and World Fate at the Lowdown Club in Tulsa's Arts District. Fate is a fancy word of French origin that means celebration or party. Seems like a big to-do for a little mouse, but I'm not going to be the one to tell him no. Three nights of jazz performances are scheduled, beginning with guitar virtuoso Marc Ribot on Thursday, June 2nd. The jazz hip-hop collective Jazz in Little Africa will play Friday night, and the iconic Charles Lloyd Trio has the headlining performance on Saturday, June 4th. Nothing says the perfect date night quite like a glass of Merlot and the true American art form. Uh, This is all more than enough entertainment to satisfy even Tulsa's most hardcore jazz and music fans. But will it be enough to please our insatiable mouse friend? We can only hope for all our sakes. (laughs) For tickets and more... For tickets and more information, call 505-670-0755 or visit okrootsmusic.org. That was a journey. (laughs) They always are, Ben. I'm going to tell you, that sequel to If You Give a Mouse a Cookie got so much more hardcore than I was expecting. really did. I want to see that illustrated. (laughs) What about you, Greg? The sun is a miasma of incandescent plasma. (laughs) And and in the months ahead, many Oklahomans will get very mad at it and look up, eyes shielded by one hand, shaking the other in a fist and saying things like, it's too hot, and my ice cream melted, and go back where you came from, which would be the most confusing of all for the sun if it could hear what's being said in Oklahoma from roughly 93 million miles away. 
So before the season for a heliocentric hatred arrives, the wise folks in Bartlesville will try to get on the medium-sized star's good side with Sunfest in Sooner Park, a three-day-long celebration of sunny days featuring live jazz, R&B, rock, country, and bluegrass, a car show, arts and crafts, face painting, kite making, funnel cakes, Indian tacos, and almost enough corn dogs to satisfy your Oklahoma Today editorial staff. Oklahoma's biggest outdoor picnic runs June 3rd through the 5th, and there will be more than enough room for you and yours to throw down some blankets and soak up the sun in one of the state's prettiest little cities. Visit BartlesvilleSunFest.org for more information. Honestly, any reason to go to Bartlesville is a good reason. That's, we love Bartlesville. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun there. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, the sound of a mouse demanding the world means that the Oklahoma Today <laughs> podcast is coming to a close. Join us again next week, or if you just can't get enough, you can head to oklahomatoday.com and pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now. Send your feedback to OKTPod at travelok.com, and we will talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine and the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elwell, Carly Ibarra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song editing and production help by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit oklahomatoday.com. Goodbye. Elvis. <laughs> Phil Collins in a chair. <laughs> I mean, any Phil Collins is good Phil Collins.